Did Hawkins first miss kick hit the? I, I kept wanting them to talk about this or show yeah. me an angle. They kept saying off the upright. Right. The top of the upright. I'm like, with you. I thought that too, but then I don't understand how it bounced back into the field of play. I thought that was the best ever indication I had encountered for the little emoji dude with the X eyes. That is the Josh Norman emoji for today, man. I was like, lights out, good night, see you in a couple weeks. Somebody who I really can't stand who's sort of Redskins specific is uh, Theismann. He does, he does almost all the uh, preseason games. He's a disaster. He can't pronounce anybody's name. He's a he's a total uh, – he's completely in the tank for Dan Snyder and the organization. You know, he's constantly shilling Papa John's. and um, I mean, uh, that's – like when Theismann's calling it, like that's like a mute and turn on the radio situation. Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. My man Brent is here with me to talk about the now 4-3 and three Redskins. I'm Hayes Permar from Sports Channel 8, and I'm challenging Brent to describe this game in one word. What word would you give me, Brent, to describe the Redskins' loss to the Lions today, 20-17? One word? Only one. Pubic. <laughs> what? Terrible for pubic pee. <laughs> because that game was like getting kicked in the balls. <laughs> okay, all right. I guess, I guess we'll take that explanation. Uh, care to go further? <laughs> kicked in the balls because because you thought they because they thought they had that that uh, cousin's touchdown and won it and then never. Yeah, taken it. of course. Okay. Yeah. Just because it was a four-game winning streak, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of turnovers. No, because it looked like they had it wrapped up. I mean, well, not, I mean, maybe not wrapped, but it looked, you know, it looked like they had won in, in you know, spectacular fashion, no less. Yeah, it did, it did look like it was a win befitting of what the season has become for the Redskins. But it seems like, as we've been talking about, when your identity is finding a way to win, it's sort of the, the baseball epitome, uh, sorry, the baseball equivalent of like a team that that wins by one runs where like that is a good quality to have to be able to eke about mm-hmm. but it also means statistically you're going to start losing some one run games too you know what i mean like that that's just going to happen so that's well you- said yeah i mean they over that four game win streak uh you know they they won at least one or or more that that they very easily could have or maybe should have lost so you know you you, you can only kind of like stomp your feet so much you know at, at the football gods about this one uh because over the over the the whole stretch it's kind of like it feels like it's just maybe evening out but but yeah i mean it was that was a rough <laughs> a rough last minute a, a brutal last minute especially when you start to throw in the injuries which we'll talk some more about that and, yeah. uh, and admit you probably have been uh following the, the updates more than i have too on trent williams uh let me ask you this to me uh, and I wanted to put this word in. To, we, you know, we, we joke around about the the Redskins' connection to North Carolina, but for people who don't know, it is still strong. And even though I'm guessing what Eagles Vikings may have been the big national game at one o'clock, and you know the Lions are obviously opponent that aren't great right now, and and nobody really cares about their team that much in North Carolina. But anytime the Carolina Panthers are not 
uh, on that one o'clock slot, you know, whether they're in a primetime game because uh, they used to be good or uh, or or a bye week like this week, we get we still always get the Redskins in North Carolina, which is still kind of cool that they recognize uh, that, that there is a strong fan base here. So mm-hmm. uh, that my point being, the Panthers did not play, meaning I watched even more of the Redskins game than normal. Uh, and so I would say <laughs> so big of you. Hey, thanks, man. I'm here to do my part. <laughs> The uh, I would say the story of the game was, uh, uh, aside from the ending, was the turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. Now you dispute me on that, but let's talk about the turnovers for a second. My question to you is: Do you see the turnovers as a big negative because it means oh we're a sloppy team and we're undisciplined and we're likely to have turnovers in the future, or is it a sneaky positive? in that it masked the fact that they actually moved the ball very well. They they had, I think, first multiple first downs on every drive, and turnovers are kind of those, well, sometimes they happen thing, and so it does. It means that we're actually not as bad as we maybe looked at times today. Yeah, uh, I, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think it's mm, somewhat reassuring or at least a little bit mitigating that they, they, they look like they, <clears throat> you know, Definitely could have and maybe should have won the game. I mean, I, I, I think, I think the Redskins are the better team, at least, at least with with the you know the players lined up today or, or active for for each team because the, the Lions had had some pretty important uh, injuries. I mean, the Redskins have lost you know several starters already this year to IR anyway. But at this point, um, I think we're already here in Week Seven. You know, this is kind of a tangent, but it's you're starting to lose lose your your right to ever really blame anything on injuries. I mean, it's like it, every season gets messy, and everybody's a little bit messed up right now. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel like the Redskins got outclassed at all. Um, but yeah, it was it was just kind of it was sloppy. You know, Matt Jones had two fumbles of his own, and then um, and then Cousins had that that really wild fumble where he got stepped on and tried to hand it off and um you know it just it doesn't it doesn't make the individual loss any easier to swallow cuz it's just kind of like man it was right there for the taking but um but but yeah it, it wasn't one of those like um soul crushing losses where you're like oh man back to the drawing board we got you know we got to revise our expectations and now there's no chance or anything like that it just it's just one that got away yeah, what's your take on uh, a guy fumbling twice in one game? And you probably have some more perspective. Is this a problem for Jones? I feel like maybe it was one or two games last year, but then, you know, as a rookie, first time playing in the big leagues. Is this a problem for Matt Jones? And then sort of also philosophically, how do you think you'd approach something like that as a coach? Because there's the one side of, you know, they always say a quarterback is supposed to go right back to the guy after he drops it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's also the matter of, well – you know, if if you if you yell at him or, or make him sit out for a quarter and then bring him back in, the only thing on his mind is going to be fumbling or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. How do how do you handle it? Do you uh, is it an epidemic thing? Is is it or or do, do you treat it more like a bounce of the ball or, or like a guy who's got a problem fumbling? Well, first of all, with Matt Jones specifically, uh, ball security definitely is a thing. It was a huge narrative uh, even through the end of last year and this off season, and there was all these updates from the observers in practice and the video guys about how he was using special balls in practice that would like whistle when he held it properly with, you know, three points of contact or whatever. So it was a, it was a huge thing that, that almost, um, you know, definitely 
threatened or was going to threaten to to derail his you know career and potential as a starter. So unfortunately, it kind of hits real close to home on him. I mean, in the first one, he just basically dropped what looked like a totally acceptable handoff. And then the second one, of course, I mean, down there at the one or two yard line that he fumbled into the end zone for a touchback, that was devastating and changed the entire game. Uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it, it, Matt Jones is coming off, I think, his career high for rushing yards last week. Everyone was saying, oh, maybe he figured it out. He's running angry. He looked good. And we all kind of forgot about this fumbling thing because he hadn't in at least a few games. Um, when he did that twice, I think, you know, I think they were maybe both in the first quarter. They, um, ugh, it hurt. It hurt to watch. And, and I, I thought, you know, getting to the second part of your question, I mean, I, I mean, I'm no coach, but I don't, I'm not sure that I think it's probably player specific and situation specific. I mean, if you've got a, uh, just a stud dog running back, if you're Jason Garrett and you've got Zeke Elliott and he has a rookie in his sixth or seventh game goes out there and puts it on the carpet twice in the first half, but he's got like a, you know, four or five games in a row with a hundred plus on the ground. I mean, I think you tell him and your whole team, like, screw that, like, you know, figure it out, but you're going back out there. I think with Matt Jones, on the other hand, who, even though he's coming off one good game, has been very up and down his entire career and even this season, and you've got a backup in, in well, a couple of backups, but, uh, you know, your your RB2, so to speak, is, is um, Fat Rob Kelly, who has been, you know, looking pretty good in limited action. I mean, not me personally, I'm sitting in the in in the in the basement watching the game, uh, thinking like it's time, like like let's ride Fat Rob for the rest of this game. Let's see what we can do. I mean, because he, he you he, literally joined the Fat Rob mob. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted that that Fat Rob's about to win a fat job, but uh, it didn't really happen. Like he came out, like Kelly came out for the next series. Uh, maybe the next two series, but like Jones was back in pretty quick. And then after that, they, they divided up pretty evenly. And in fact, um, you know, the other guy who, who I like and have always liked, and you'll know a little bit cause, cause he's an ACC guy, but Chris Thompson uh, out of Florida state was a really good player in college, had some horrible injuries and has continued to fight the injury bug as a pro, but he's a good player. They use him more as a third down back, but he got, he led the team in carries today and he led the team in yards per carry. Yeah. I think he had six yards per carry. Um, he looked good. He had some, he had some pop today. Yeah, um, I know a lot more. Do you think it's time to see him more on a regular basis? Definitely. I mean, it, he's not hurt. I mean, at least until he gets hurt. I mean, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to say like, okay, feature him, give him, give, give him the rock 20 times, but I mean, he, he looked like he definitely looked like the best running back today. So, like, why wouldn't you? I mean, and, and he can catch the ball too, and he can block. It's like, I don't know. Let's see if he can, you know, kind of shake the bug and you know maybe stay healthy. But I would, uh, I would definitely continue to feed him. Cool. And uh, all right, so forget making you a coach for a second. Now, now I'm just going back. I'm mentioning this. Did 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 Jones uh, fumble twice in the first quarter or just twice in the first half? Maybe they were in the first quarter. E- either way, it doesn't matter. All right, let, let's say, let's say. Let's say they were both in the first half. As a fan, are are you like mad the next time he's back on the field? It, it, like, are you thinking why is this guy in the game? Or as a fan, are you even though it's, he's not Ezekiel Elliott? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you do you say no? Oh, if they had gone right back to him, I would have been downright mad. I mean, they they didn't. The, the next the next offensive series, Kelly was in there, so everyone's like, oh, yep, there it is. You know, these. There's Jones in the doghouse, and and it, you know it was noted at least by someone on Twitter that that um, 
that like at that time Kelly was in the game, Thompson was off on the sideline with the running backs coach, and Matt Jones was like sitting over on the on on the bench by himself with his head in his lap, you know. And you're like, okay, well it looks like he, they took, they sat him down, but he was back in before halftime, and and he continued to get some second half carries. So, um, you know, I I would have I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't. Uh, well, I was happy that, that Thompson got some cracks, but I, I, I thought I felt like it was the right opportunity to give Kelly a shot. Did Hopkins' first miss kick hit the? I, I kept wanting them to talk about this or show yeah. me an angle. They kept saying off the upright. Right. The top of the upright. I'm like, with you. I thought that too, but then I don't understand how it bounced back into the field of play. I, I know. I, I actually that 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 does seem physically. I mean, you know, football is a weird shaped thing, so maybe it. Uh, I, I don't know. Hey, yeah, no, it's spinning the right way, but like clipped, and then you know, yeah. You did, I thought it the, hit the very top. Yeah. I I kept wanting them to slow it down and give me the the exact doink point on that one because I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen one quite hit like that did. Um, anyway, that was just a uh, uh, a random question. Um, I wrote down pass interference at one point. I can't remember where there was a, a call that was big, but the I think I was thinking the bigger issue. Uh, uh, there was big pass interference play call last week in the Falcons Seahawks yeah. game. Do you think pass interference should be um, reviewable or no? Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I mean, if you're gonna have replay, which most people like, although I, I'm, I've been lately, I've been kind of like dabbling in in the other side of that argument uh, because I, I feel like there's been there's I've been I've been witnessing some examples lately where you've, where it seems to be almost detracting from the game, but. Um, I think if you're going to have it, that PI is a huge game-changing, important <laughs> thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when when you're going to give when you're going to when you're going to give give a guy, you know, the 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 full yardage that he just earned on that, you know, 60-yard near miss. Like, um, yeah, to me, I, I'd be all for it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I wrote it down. It was on the Josh Norman play. Oh yeah. Uh, partly because, uh, and and these are I, is actually one of my favorite announcers, but they kept saying. If you're gonna interfere with the guy, you gotta just uh, pull him down, <laughs> and, you know. And, I, and, right. Kyle, and, and Charles Davis did used to call college and pro, but they, and they were equating it to the, you know, the the Davis is really good, by the way. I thought that, I, I thought that yeah. booth was awesome today. I, he's one of the best, and I, I, I did want to talk about that some. But I swear they kept saying, if, if you're gonna interfere with them there, you gotta just take them all the way down, not let him catch mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, guys, what's the difference? What? No, you don't. Like, right. You, you, your goal at all times is even if after you've interfered, to get away with it, to try and yeah pretend like you didn't. It not not to do the basketball. Well, if you're gonna foul them, you know, get both arms. They definitely and- did emphasize that. I'm with you, uh, but I would say on that specific play, I seem to remember like I, I think the reason he said it because it, it made a little bit of sense to me watching the replay was that Norman's foul was like pretty obvious. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't flagrant in that it it was it, it had such a humongous impact on the player, but it was like, it was like definitely it was it was yeah. yeah it was definitely gonna get caught. I mean, he almost like horse collared him like in flight, you know. So, like, um, but but he but he did it very lightly and wimpily, and, and like it didn't really impede him enough, you know. So I mean, it it kind of made sense to me that like yeah, all right, if you're just gonna straight grab the guy's nameplate, um, you know, you better at least make sure he doesn't catch it. No, uh, why? Why? 
Well, because I mean, he was getting called. He was getting called for that. Like, you know, you're not. He, it wasn't. It wasn't a subtle. It was not a subtle interference. It was like I don't know. I guess the only he reason climbed up his back. The only reason I think it makes sense is if the guy's like in full stride, and then you might say, "Well, at least take him out because he can't run." But when you're diving for the ball, it's like I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't want to. I just felt like they made a big deal on it. Uh, but I did. I do think Charles Davis is one of the best. Do you have any announcers that you don't like getting, or do the Redskins get like certain teams over and over again that you notice? Because um, I watch them. It's usually in a bar because they're not they're not on the network here. It's usually like on, you know, Red yeah. Zone. There's not like I, I don't know I'm I'm not quite as into loving and hating announcers as some people are I mean I don't some, something about the way I watch I guess maybe I, I I watch Twitter I mean I I you know I scroll through Twitter so so intently that I probably don't focus on the announcers as much as the average uh, TV consumer but um I, you know I don't like I'm not sure that there's anybody in particular that I love but you know somebody who I really can't stand who's sort of redskin specific is uh, Theismann. He does <laughs> he does almost all the uh, preseason games. He's a disaster. He can't pronounce anybody's name. He's yeah. a he's a total uh he's completely in the tank for Dan Snyder and the organization. I don't and, even get to hear him, but I imagine he's bad. Oh, it's brutal and he's you know he's constantly shilling Papa John's and <laughs> um, I mean, that's like when Theismann's calling it, like that's like a mute and turn on the radio situation. But uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, hate Phil Simms so much. Um, I mean, hot take here. He doesn't bother me as much as he bothers the rest of the world. I'm not sure what it is exactly. I don't like him. Now, th- there was a funny moment today when he was calling uh, Patriots Steelers and Landry Jones is in for Roethlisberger. And I swear to God, he goes straight. He's like, they were they, they were doing a thing. They obviously had their stats and their graphics ready on like how many – uh, preseason throws Landry Jones has played and why he's like the most prepared backup or whatever. And, and, and like they go through their graphic and Sims gets done with this like basically pre- thing that he was going to say no matter what happened, you know, but he's going to say it in the game and he's like, and that's why Landry Jones is prepared for today. And like Landry Jones immediately throws red zone pick. <laughs> game. It was just awesome. But then, but so, and I don't, you know, obviously I, that, I don't like, crush him for that that's like a bad timing type thing but there are there, there was one there was a terrible moment where um like there was a penalty called for holding on the patriots because the guy dragged down uh like a steelers d lineman and he threw he kind of dragged him down and threw and threw him to the ground and, and the guy then resultingly like rolled towards brady's uh legs mm-hmm. and they're kind of explaining the penalty and sims is maybe not even like listening to to Nance say what the penalty was, and he's kind of looking at the replay, and he's like, "Oh man, that guy almost got away with uh, that guy. He got away with like hitting Brady in the leg." And like, no, dude, that's you know, and you, you're like, no, the guy who threw him into his leg got a yeah. penalty. Okay? <laughs> just uh, he misses stuff. So I, I don't. I think guess. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't sit there and pine for him, but I, yeah, maybe I'm not sure what it is. But some people really, really detest him. Ah, they do. Some people, some, some people are unfair on that stuff because it is harder than it seems. I want to go back to that that play though, that where Norman got the, um, you know, got got knocked out. Like he, uh, when that happened, you know, it, he had. Well, initially they were just kind of like, well, I mean, I think Charles Davis was like, yeah, man, he came down hard on that left shoulder, which he did. But did you see 
Like it was, it, I was, I was positive immediately that it was a concussion after the first replay because yeah. his eyes. I mean, he went to heaven and hell and back. Like he, he just looked like a rag doll there for a second, uh, no, I, and I was like, that is definitely a head injury. And then they, they kept, were, they were like, well, it was his arm, his shoulder, and all this. But whew. no, they kept saying shoulder. I do think they had the right sort of. Uh... Uh, they were pinpointing his shoulder sort of, I mean, his arm getting underneath the dude, I think did sort of like kind of help whip his head into the ground, maybe right. with force. And then also made, meant that he, he had no hands to go slow the momentum. It, it just went head straight into the ground, you know? I thought that was the best ever indication I had encountered for the little emoji dude with the X eyes. <laughs> I mean, I was like, that. that is the Josh Norman emoji for today, man. He was just, I was like... Lights out, good night, see you in a couple of weeks. Have you, I say, have you heard any update, or is it just going to be classic? Or no, just... I mean, he, you know, he walked out of the stadium in uh, sunglasses, and the thing is, and this is going to be a big thing, is that they're in London next week, so they got a weird practice and travel week, and won't play. they've got, no, I don't think he's going to play, and then you've got Jordan Reed, who's already missed two games in a row for a concussion, I suspect the whole thing, because they also have the bye the following <laughs> week, right, so you got extra incentive basically to sit now and get a two for one, so I think Norman's, Norman's going to be out, I think Reed's going to be out, and then you got Trent Williams, who you alluded to earlier, getting hurt on that last meaningless play, he apparently was in like grievous pain on his way out of the stadium. So I got a feeling he ain't going to be riding, you know, in a plane across the Atlantic for however many hours either. Um, so I think th- those are literally definitely the three best players on the team. So you're taking this game against the Bengals, which we were, you know, we described last week as kind of like a toss up. I mean, you know, one of those three guys is the best player on the team and all three are the top three. So that, that is a, that's a tall order now. Yeah. The good, the, good thing is we sort of talked about this last week is london game is so weird like both from the travel to Mm -hmm. the i I swear this matters just different grass different field different everything that it's almost just a toss-up and maybe it's the right game to be missing all your studs yeah it won't feel good if you lose two games in a row and especially if you play another sloppy game or you know if it's a rainy game or whatever but at the same time i don't think it's one that they just you know more you know, morality crusher. Right. I, I agree. I think for better or worse, like no matter how good or, or terrible they look, it's kind of probably going to be one where we do this next week and we're like, well, hard to project that out for the rest of the year. It just kind of is what it is, sort of isolated game. Right. Um, yeah. Now, if they win, we'll obviously like turn it into, hey, they knocked, <laughs> they knocked off one of the big dogs in the AFC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Conquered adversity again. <laughs> We overcame the injuries. <laughs> we reserved the right to do that. Okay, deal with it. Uh, what? What did? Did you hear any report on what Trent Williams' injury was? He he told somebody that uh, he's getting an MRI tomorrow, but he thinks he hyperextended it, which, I mean, I guess usually doesn't turn out to be anything real bad. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a question. Vernon da- did Vernon Davis have a touchdown today? Uh, no, the one passing touchdown went to uh, Robert Kelly, but but he he had like. Six or seven for eighty yeah. yards or something. I definitely saw. Yeah, yeah. Nice contribution. Mm-hmm. You think it's possible? You know, especially when you see the success that uh, the Patriots have, and people like copying the Patriots in general. Uh, you could play Reed and um, Davis some, and and use the sort of the big boy lineup and and play some. Oh, it's they- very possible, and they've done it. I mean, when Reed was healthy, they were doing it quite a lot. Um, yeah. 
they they even run three tight end sets. Um, you know, with Miles Paul in there, and with I, and I, they've I, been running three tight end sets even with Reed out. I, um, I was, has there been a game where two different tight ends catch four four balls each? No, because usually when even if even, even if they do a lot of two te sets, um, Davis ends up playing much more of the blocking role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but was, Davis has been a nice little substitute for Jordan Reed these past two games. He does not look like the old and busted dude everyone thought he was last year. That's what I mean. And and with him pl- seemingly playing well, it almost seems like you know mm-hmm. he he is maybe one of your. And Garcon, you know, not playing maybe as great as you'd expect him to. Yeah. Jackson, who, who knows what's happened with him? Maybe Davis can become one of the most four or five top targeted guys, even when Jordan Reed's well, back. That's that, that another thing that we should talk about. That, that that was a big part of this game was basically the the um, the smallness of Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon both. I mean, I think I think Djax ended up with five catches, but for a, a very paltry 35 yards or something like that, and Garcon only had two. So they they were like tertiary options today. Crowder went off and looked great, and and uh, and Davis had a had a big game, and then and then Chris Thompson caught a bunch of passes out of the backfield, but. Um, it's gonna, it's, I think there's, I think there's a little bit of a tension brewing and it's not, it's actually not that it's, it's more than a little bit right now. Cause like Jackson was, he already fired off some Instagram post about how, um, it's sometimes it's better to smile, to, to, to say nothing and smile, you know, essentially <laughs> he's complaining and, yeah. um, it's been a couple games in a row where they're not really getting, not getting those guys much action. He's not complaining. He said nothing and smiling. That's oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. My bad. My bad. But why did that? But hold up. But seriously though, why didn't he get credit for that? And like, he's not. Because well, you know what would be even better? Not post that. <laughs> All right, but I don't know. But if he's if he's no, actually, that's fine. I don't even care that much. I'm not like whatever. I mean, I don't blame him for being a little pissed. He's the premier deep threat in the NFL. I mean. Right. He should be more than just a decoy. I don't well, blame well, him for being frustrated, but I wouldn't, you know, don't pat yourself on the back by, you know, with with your public airing of grievances, you know, because it wasn't more, uh, you know, violent than than it was. Public or more grieving. Um, yeah. Just, he just said, hey, man, no. Uh, well, I feel like, uh, and again, my, my opinions are a lot less analysis and more like, uh, you know, just to do checking stuff out. You, you're a little bit more analysis. It feels like Crowder is more taking over what would be Garcon's role in the offense. Jackson more has that, as, as we've always talked about. He's got that ability to change a game even without touching the ball because you just know he's so fast. And you got, you know, if he runs as fast as he can down the sideline, he just changes the offense, even if you're running a screen pass to the other yeah. side of the field. Yeah, but you know what? Ted Ginn does that. Uh, somewhat, but it, but you know that Ted Ginn's not the danger that, that Jackson is. So yeah. yeah so no, I, look, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I think I, I don't want him gone. I think he's an incredibly valuable piece. I think they should, you know, under different circumstances, i.e., if they could figure out or if Cousins could figure out how to properly utilize him then I would be all for keeping him at, you know, at a hefty price. I mean, he's, he's a unique weapon that, that he's definitely one of, one of the guys, you know, one of the two or three guys on the offense that, that opposing defensive coordinators are going to be most terrified of, which I think is a good marker of, you know, who you should pay. But um, Cousins has a serious bromance with Jameson Crowder, who I, I love too. I'm not taking anything away from him. He doesn't have that deep over the top, uh, you know, take the lid off type speed. Uh, he, he's a great player in his own right, but 
there's clearly a, a fast developing and already far stronger connection between Cousins and Crowder than there is with, with Deshaun Jackson, even if Cousins' is, you know, QBR or whatever is better with Jackson on the field. I mean, he's having a hard time finding him. Yeah, and I know this is easier said than done, but I do feel like partly, you know, all Deshaun Jackson wants and all any fan would want and a team should do and be able to do is, man, once a half every game, fire a 40-yard bomb to me. It's easier said than done because I know that you come in and and you can't waste downs and crap like that. But but he gets a ton of, of pass interference flags called on him too. I mean, good things happen when you launch it to him. I do absolutely. In today in today's world, they can you can draw that flag. Um, all right, let's bring back because the fans wanted it, not just me. We have heard you, people. The fans demanded that Brent's notes. Brent's notes. I want to make sure I pronounce that right. Brent's notes. We've already talked about. Brent's already... notes will be brought to you tonight by Brent. But, uh, Brent's notes, where I try to decipher the text messages that Brent is iMessaging me, even though I don't have an iPhone, throughout the game and deciphering what they mean. And we discuss brief little uh, points in the game. So, <laughs> without further ado, Paul 1D Wood. That must be first drive, right? Close. First down. First down. What's okay? Who, Paul when, first down. Wood refers to one specific play where Niles Paul caught a pass, uh, made a first down, and then laid the wood on. I don't remember which defensive back, but Niles Paul has not caught a lot of balls this year. But he crushed a dude, and it was a really fun play. All right, MJRZ fumble. That was the horrible Matt Jones red zone fumble that we talked about. That I wish I could eradicate from my memory. Hop doink, I think we've hit. That's the <laughs> usual bounce. I need confirmation. If that hit a part of the upright that has never been hit before. All right, 71, not right. Is this an offensive lineman? Not yeah, really? that's Trent Williams. And, and that, that's because I thought even before, you know, he got hurt at the end, he's the Redskins' best offensive lineman, has been for a long time, is a really good player. But he seemed injured to me even even from the start of the game. He wasn't – yeah, he gave up two – I think the I think the two sacks that the, the Lions had in the first half – were basically most attributable to him, which is very weird. I don't think he was healthy. Marvin erased? That's Marvin Jones, and I wrote that to note that even though um, Josh Norman got beat and then concussed on that unfortunate play uh, in the second half, he completely eliminated the, the Lions' best receiver, Marvin Jones, in the first half. No, no catches, and I'm not sure he had any targets. Nice. Crowder, key, we've talked about him yeah. a bunch. Uh, T.O. third and 15. This was an objection to the timeout Kirk Cousins call, called as the play clock came close to expiring so on what, a third and 15. It was, wasn't it like third and 13? Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw this. So you, you're just like, look, we're not going to get this one in here. It's and they be- didn't. Yeah, I mean, they, you don't that's, save, save your timeout, man. I mean, it, first of all, you know, don't like, figure out how to avoid that situation. I think they had some headset you know, communication difficulties, but not worth the timeout. They didn't convert. They weren't going to convert. I mean, wasted. Yep. Norman injured. We've talked about yeah. uh, because WTF fumble. Whose yeah. fault was that? I don't know how they coached that. Um, you know, what are you supposed to do? Like he got stepped on. It wasn't his fault that he was flailing, right. but I, I mean, I, I just, it, it kind of occurred to me afterwards that like, 
a heroic handoff attempt is probably not a smart handoff attempt. Yeah. Well, there, there's the element of, you know, you think maybe you've got a second or two, you're not down. We're almost like if the if the guy sort of sees you going down and comes a half step closer to you. See in slow-mo, I almost thought, because I think it was Robert Kelly in there, not Matt Jones at the time, but Kelly looked like he, for a second, he was almost trying to avoid the ball. I think he was shocked that Cousins was trying to actually go through with it. And uh, he almost you know, was like, whoa, whoa, no, nice try. And then, <laughs> and then he realized it was coming either way, uh, but that was ugly. Uh, Murphy strip sack. Trent Murphy continues to be a hundred times better than he was last year. He had an awesome, awesome chase down strip sack, um, that the Lions ended up recovering, but yep. uh, very impressive pass rushing for him right, this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Hideous lob VD bucket. This is two consecutive passes on consecutive plays by cousins that I thought just kind of like, Okay. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, I, it just really sort of crystallized like, like who he is. You know, we've been talking so much about about how he's just sort of, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of him on a given play. It could be something brilliant or or just a disaster. He had that one, and this this hideous lob was this ball he threw to Ryan Grant, who sucks by the way and should be cut. Okay. Um, I think Ryan Grant ran the wrong. Play. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. A lot of people have been saying that. And in in that respect, okay, fine. Maybe it's not completely on Cuz, but I want to know, like, what route could he or should he have been running there where Cousins should have thrown that ball? I mean, he he was not – there was no way. He was was triple covered, and and Cousins threw the ball like a rainbow. I do agree agree that ball had a lot of air under it. There was no route that made that throw correct. Okay, but but I also found it funny that, like, the very next play – I don't think this was the case. But my mind definitely went to, like, where the coaches in the room saw the first play and, like, damn it, somebody get Grant <laughs> off the field and run the same damn play to the right. other side. Right. Because Mike Davis's matchup on whatever <laughs> linebackers covered him. Because then it worked. Now, it wasn't, yes. the, it wasn't the same damn play, but it kind of felt that way. Like, that was a VD damn it, bucket We know they've a, got this linebacker coming Davis. It's yeah. not going to work. We're sending him on the wheel route up the sideline. Just throw the alley-oop there. He, he should be three yards past him by the time you get there. That's that's what it felt like to me. And then they were pissed that Grant blew it the first time. They're like, damn it. <laughs> And it worked, like, running again to the other side of the field. Again, uh, probably not the case. But um, I, I'm giving Cousins a pass on that one and blaming the receiver. Uh, I don't think that happened. We, we've it, hardly was... talked about Cousins, which never happens on this podcast. But um, he was fine. You know, he threw for, like, 300. He had a, th- a passing touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown. Some people were complaining about him on Twitter. I thought he was, like, number 50 of the reasons that the Redskins lost. I mean, he, he was fine. He was good today. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, yeah, we'll, we'll – we'll... Um, bang on him another day. Yeah. Star TD zone read touchdown. That's the that's the the ball. That's the play where Cousins kept it and, and so scored. Zone it was it was not a uh, a straight quarterback. No, run? he no nope. No, he waited for the defensive end to crash down on the run, and he, he made exactly the right read. And then he flashed those wheels that, that you know he's he's pretty you know he can move. He doesn't. Nobody ever really talks about that, but um, he's done that several times before. It was an awesome play. Incredible call. One of the best calls by Sean McVay of the season. Uh, should should have won that game for them, and should you know would have would have been one of those you know highlight plays that was shown over and over all for the rest of the season, but um, just lost that opportunity. Yeah, we we would have gotten a lot of uh, you like that, you like that. Yeah, exactly. Mixes. Um, Stafford kills Barry. That was you know that's the final drive where the Lions just I thought just Stafford just basically um, basically dominated the Joe Barry the Redskins defensive coordinator there because he just had his way 
was Breland back in the game at this point? I think he, he, yeah, I think he, I think he was back in. I mean, Norman obviously out, and that that was a big part of it probably. But I think Breland was back in. Yeah. All right. So those were uh, Brent's notes on the game. There you go. I was actually going to get. We we're going to chime in some cameo notes from that man Ken Good in Washington. Uh-huh. Perfect DC into the Skins game. Bad defense to so easily give up touchdown, but without Norman and Breland, not terribly surprising. Totally devastating that it leads to what looks like a bad knee injury to left tackle. Trent Williams on desperation drive with 16 seconds left. Hold on to win and go 5-2. and two. Lose and maybe lose left tackle with Norman out with concussion. Season may be over with tough schedule coming. I felt like that was pretty classic negative Redskins fan, though. So <laughs> that's a good pessimistic Redskins fa- fan take right there. But, I like uh, that, sliding in some notes from Ken Good. Good for him. There you go. Uh, anything else on the game? I was going through any other notes I had, but I think we pretty much covered it all. Yeah, no, I think they just got to move past it. Um, you know, I think like like I said before, it's uh, it's a game they should have won, but they've they've already won at least one or more that they probably should have lost. So don't don't hang your head and just you know move on and try and try and get this thing in London. And if you come, if you head into the bye at five and three, I mean, I think everybody, fans included, are pretty happy. Yep. Yeah, five and three would be great, and four and four wouldn't be the end of the world. Sort of yeah. like we talked about last week, would have been uh, nice to split these two, which means it would have been really nice to get this one, and then you really can just say, hey, just you know, play hard, but don't get hurt. Let's have a nice vacation in London. And Especially come with to- Philly knocking off Minnesota today. How about that? Yeah, that was nice, and and it shows you again uh, that the uh, the NFC East is uh, uh, proving pretty stout. Uh, yeah. When- the Eagles are knocking off the only undefeated team left. So, uh, all right, one more game before the bye, and it's in London. And Brent and friends will be there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Maybe next year. Would you ever go to London to watch an NFL football game? Sure, absolutely. That sounds fun. Well, uh, I wonder. Do you think? We'll I mean, I game? never. I, I I'd much sooner go to London and watch a game at Wembley than I would at FedEx. Do you think they'll? Uh, do you think they'll put a team in London? Ah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them, but I think it's a terrible idea. Gotcha. We'll talk more about that and probably some more relevant topics on the next Burgundy Blogcast for Later. Brent. Okay, you can say it again for Brent. That was, ugh, just okay. Move on. Mm-hmm.